welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of Hillside Parks Limited and Snowdonia National Park Authority. The citation for this case is 2022 UKSC 30. And this is a planning case that goes back years and years, but raises some important points about when permissions conflict. More than 50 years ago in 1967, planning permission was granted for a housing estate to be built in Snowdonia National Park. This was referred to as the Master Plan and identified the location of each house as well as a road system. The appellants in this case, Hillside, own the site, but since 1967 only 41 of the proposed 401 houses have been built, and none of those were built in accordance with the Master Plan. The legal side of things really began in 1985, when 19 houses had been built, again none in accordance with the master plan. Instead, those houses had each received individual planning permission. Questions around the development went before the High Court, and in 1987 the judge made a declaration that the master plan could still be completed, quote, at any time in the future, end quote. That wording would prove important because even after 1967, other planning permissions were granted in relation to other parts of the site that were, once again, not in accordance with the master plan. Furthermore, it has since transpired that more than 2,000 houses were built on the site without any planning permission, in a way that is also inconsistent with the master plan. The current proceedings began in 2017 when Snowdonia National Park Authority informed Hillside that the 1967 master plan could no longer be implemented because it was no longer physically possible to build in that way. Hillside took legal action to have that old planning permission still declared as valid on the basis of the High Court Declaration in 1987. However, their arguments were rejected in the High Court and the Court of Appeal, so Hillside appealed to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. The justices began with the case of Pilkington and Secretary of State for the Environment from 1973. This dealt with the situation where there are two inconsistent permissions relating to a plot of land. In that situation, a developer may normally choose which one they want to implement. However, when development has already taken place under one permission, whether the other permission may then also be lawfully implemented depends on whether it is physically possible to do so. In 1987, the High Court decided that it was still possible to develop the land in accordance with the master plan, and that is why it made the declaration that it did. The problem is that this is no longer the case because of subsequent permissions. Hillside offered three arguments against this conclusion, and the justices dealt with each of them in turn. Firstly, it was argued that the right to develop land should only be lost if the reasonable person would conclude that the right has been abandoned. Given that much of the site has still not been developed and Hillside could still implement much of the master plan, it follows that no reasonable person would conclude that the right has been abandoned in relation to the vacant parts of the site. This argument was rejected on the basis of the case of Pioneer Aggregates UK Limited and Secretary of State for the Environment from 1985, where it was held that the principle of abandonment has no place in planning law. 
The second key argument presented by Hillside was that when a planning permission is granted for multiple houses, that should be treated as planning permission for each single building rather than one integrated scheme. As such, the fact that there has already been some development on other parts of the site should not affect the implementation of the rest of the master plan where there is currently empty land. This was rejected as well on the basis that the planning permission is granted for the development of the site as a whole. The more recent planning permissions made development under the original 1967 permission both unlawful and physically impossible. Finally, Hillside argued that the planning permissions granted after the 1987 declaration from the High Court were not intended to be independent of the original master plan, but instead variations of that original permission. As such, the original permission remained valid, albeit with some variations. This was rejected for a few reasons. For a start, the fact that some of the more recent permissions were themselves described as variations does not matter because the question for the court is about the reality of the situation rather than the words, and it is still the case that the recent permissions make the original master plan impossible now. The same can be said about the fact that some of the post-1987 permissions only refer to discrete plots within the master plan. This doesn't matter because the reality is that those developments were practical departures from the original plan and not variations as they might have made it seem. And last of all, the interpretation of planning permissions relies on how the reasonable person would view them, and the justice is held that no reasonable person would interpret the more recent permissions as mere variations. In the end then, Hillside's appeal was dismissed. I think that at first glance this can appear like a bit of a harsh decision against Hillside. There are still parts of the site that they want to develop, they have the original planning permission for the land, and they even have a high court judgement that says the plan could be implemented at any time in the future. So what went wrong? The first problem here is clearly the time that has passed. As I said at the start of the episode, the original master plan is now more than 50 years old, and the likelihood that it is still relevant today was always going to be slim. Even with the judgement from 1987, the fact that there has never been any development thus far in accordance with the master plan, and other independent developments have taken place, reduces the chances further. We are now looking at a site that has more than 2,000 houses on it, and none of them match up with what the original intention was back in 1967. That all makes sense, but what about the parts of the site that have not yet been developed? Hillside seemed to think that they could partially implement the master plan on this empty land, but the court decided that this was no longer physically possible. We don't really know how viable the master plan still is without looking at the details, but it is relevant that the justices did apply the reasonable person test when looking at the supposed variations. In any case, I think the important thing is that the very term master plan would refer to a development across the whole site rather than in parts, and the Supreme Court were right to point out that the planning permission is not for individual houses, but for the scheme as a whole. With that in mind, I think this was probably the right decision. There is a bit of a housing crisis in this country, and that is not helped when developers simply sit on land for years without any intention of building anything. 
it is difficult to balance having some flexibility in the planning regime while ensuring that permissions do not lose all meaning. And the courts have done a good job in this case, but the more endemic problem is one that needs solving by Parliament. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter we discussed the allegations of bullying against the Secretary of State for Justice, Dominic Raab. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!